Ah, how y'all doing out there? This is your main man, Whitey's, and y'all tuning in to Whitey's World What He Say Podcast, live on Anchor. I'm sorry, fans, I kept y'all waiting, but you know, as a husband, father, twins, life would get a bit crazy, and life would get a a bit busy to the point where you um, don't have time for yourself sometimes and I haven't had time to elaborate on things that have been going on in the sports world, you know. So I'm here to uh, give y'all my perspective on uh, we on week 10 games. Um, we have, matter of fact, we have quite a few good games going on yesterday. Uh, we had the Cowboys and the Eagles, a divisional game, a rivalry uh, between the Eagles and Cowboys. Both of them going in at four and four. Both of them really fighting for a playoff spot. I think they're three and four. I think it's three and four, 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 one or two. One. But yeah, they both fighting for a playoff spot. Right now, the Washington Redskins are. Leading their, their division, and we're not even going to talk about the the Giants because, uh, yeah, the Giants are the Giants. So yeah, so I sat and I watched that game yesterday, and um, I watched uh, Zeke run out of his mind yesterday. Practically, the Cowboy goes, the Zeke goes, and Dak follows. When the holes are wide open. For Zeke to run through, it's more easy for Dak to have, go into his play action. I like the fact that the coaches got a little bit exotic with the play calling. They just, you know, the thing is with the Cowboys' uh, offense, it's very vanilla. You know, to me, it looks very predictable. When you look around the NFL, you have these high-powered offenses putting up massive numbers and yards. And then you look at the Cowboys, and it's like they're solely predicated on their running game. And if their running game doesn't work for them, Cowboys won't be good. Now, granted, their defense is outstanding. They probably got, like, they're in the top ten of defensive things. Um, And with that defense, they can create noise. I just don't feel very comfortable with the offense of – Cowboys. I mean, it could be very sporadic. Like I say, you could you can have a game where they put forty points up on you, and then you could get another game where they only score like six points. So it's like you don't know what Cowboys gonna get from week to week. Now over to the Super Bowl champs. There's a lot of pressure on Carson Wentz to try to emulate what he did before the injury had occurred, and it's a lot of pressure on him trying to live up to what Nick Foles did later on in the season and also going into winning the Super Bowl. When I look at the Eagles team, Jay Ajaji is missed. I hope I'm saying his name right, but he's missed. They are ignemic as you can be in the running game. Um, 
it's bad over there. I don't think a lot of people are still waiting for the Eagles to like flourish and to take off. I don't see that happening because the loss of JJ and the fact that they haven't even got back. Um, God, can't think of the, the small uh, running back. He used to do like the kick returns and everything for him. Apologize, folks. But yeah. He been outside out of mind. That's what they say. So I'm forgetting his name. But with the running back court they got with Smallwood and Clement, it's not working at all. I seen they try to, uh, they brought somebody else, brought somebody else up from the practice squad, started him at running back. Wasn't good. Walking to me wins like my man Shannon Sharp say on Undisputed. Shout out. Is it to me? He's not playing like himself. He's not playing free football like he was last year before he got injured. For instance, there was a couple of plays, a couple of times where the play broke down. He had time to throw the ball, was nothing open, but there was a lane for him to run for the first downs. And I didn't see him run for them first downs like he would have did last year before the injury. And I really think that now that the season is weighing in so much now, that pressure is going to start mounting up because he's going to have to live up what he did before the injury and what happened after the injury with Nick Foles. So everybody still got the Eagles winning that division. I don't see it. I know all you Cowboy fans out there, I know you guys still like, yeah, we got this division. I don't think so. If Washington Redskins can just keep doing what they're doing, stay up float, I know they got injury problems up front on the line, but they got a smart quarterback. They got a smart head coach. Their defense is playing phenomenal. I think top six and everything. The Washington Redskins will have this division. I'm not feeling so good about the Cowboys. I'm not so feeling so good about the Eagles. Here's why. Because if you look at it, they not going to even be in the wild card spot. Well, one of them teams will probably be in the... They're not going to even make the wild card spot. So... Right now, they won't even be in the wild card spot. So, going forward, we have to see how that played out in the NFC East. But, man, I don't take nothing big from that win by the Cowboys. The Cowboys came out, did what they were supposed to do yesterday. I'm kind of surprised about Philly losing the way they did. But the Cowboys, you got to give credit to the Cowboys. Cowboys came out, and they won the game for them. With that said, now I have to go over to, I'm going to travel over to an earlier game, and I have to talk about the New England Patriots. With the New England Patriots, it's, 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 it's not, I'm not liking what I'm seeing with the Patriots right now. At a, every game they done been in, about every game they done been in, it been a battle. And I usually feel good, feel good about the Patriots, even if they do have a loss the way they, even do, even way, even when they take a, a strange loss, I still be feeling good about my Patriots. Now, the thing is, that defense, 
That defense is ferocious. The defense been bad since the Super Bowl. When they made Nick Foles look like a Hall of Famer. The defense been that bad. And Brady didn't play good. It wasn't one of Brady's best games. He went 21 for 41, 254 yards, and no TDs. No interceptions, but no TDs. The Patriots only scored 10 points. And I'm just looking around like, you know, by Belichick being this offensive, this defensive guru, it's like, bruh, we gotta get this, we gotta get this defense in order, man. Like, why, 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 why is the defense struggling so bad? It's crazy with it. I mean, it's crazy how teams are able to go up and down the field on him. And they made Mariota look like a a, a, a Hall of Famer yesterday. I mean, Mariota did what he had to do. He made throws when he made throws, but they ran the ball down on him. The Tennessee Titans rushed for over 150 yards. Uh, you know, Deion Lewis got off on us. Uh, Melvin Gordon got off on us. Um, no, Derrick Henry. Sorry about that. Derrick Henry got off on us. And I just don't, I just don't like how the Patriots are are going or heading into uh, these last few months. Because think about it. Okay, every game that they done lost, they've been on the road. All right? And usually with the Patriots, they're a good road team. Well, it's a good home team. And yeah, the Patriots will have these hiccups like this. Like, okay, they had the, the Jaguar hiccups. You're like, oh, okay, yeah, it's the Jaguars, you know, rematch from the you know, AFC playoff game. And then they come back, and then they have another hiccup. And you're like, okay, all right, y'all only scored 10 points that game. And then with the Bears, it took special teams to beat the Bears, and the Bears lost by four that game, or six. And then yesterday with Tennessee, you know, it's, you know, you got to give due, you got to give credit when credit is due. Uh, Mike Vrabel uh, coached a hell of a game. He knew how to attack the Patriots. He knew like, hey, if we stop them on first and second down, keep Tom Brady out in between the numbers, put him down the distance in third down, there's no grunt. So, as long as we keep that pressure on him all game, take him out of his spot, that's the time ready you're going to get. And that's what I've been seeing from the Patriots. Once you get them down, now I done seen them come back before, but I don't think with this defense, they can do that. The Patriots have to be, the Patriots have to have the lead going in order for them to sustain the win. If they're down and Tom Brady got to try to come back the way they've been trying to come back, it's a loss for them. And I'm kind of scared that this is going to linger over on to the into the playoffs because right now they don't have home field. They'll be going on the road. So with that in mind, just want to tell all my Patriots fans, just to, you know, I know every year is either Super Bowl or bust. I'm one of them fans just looking at this team like, 
with this defense, there's no Super Bowl. I won't call it a bust, but there's no Super Bowl if that defense cannot stop some of the most averages quarterbacks that they be going against. And by Bill Belichick being a defensive-minded coach, I'm kind of surprised that his defense have not uh, lived up to what his knowledge is, you know. I'm kind of surprised even knowing that they don't have a true pass rush, that during the trade deadline, that they did not go get a pass rusher to try to help out the back end some. Because on the back end, all you got is, I'm just forgetting players' names and all everybody. But they, they, their DBs are not all that good. Gilmore. They pay the money for Gilmore. That's all you got. The other guy who's, who, who, who's placing Butler, they pick on him. You know, and then you don't have these real aggressive linebackers. You know, so it's like, I don't know. If, if it's one thing that I wish the Patriots would have did was go get them a pass rusher. But for some reason, they don't like paying pass rushers and wide receivers. And like Deion Lewis said, hey, when you go cheap sometime, you get your ass kicked. And that's what happened yesterday. I like y'all tuning in to Whitey's world what he say podcast live on anchor like i say folks y'all gotta excuse me i've been gone for a while you know with 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 everyday life with kids and and, you know kids now my daughter want to do ballet and and, and gymnastics and girl scouts you know and then of course you gotta go uh, punch the clock in so i'm gonna get back with y'all at one sec one beat My next segment is going to be on some NBA talk. Jimmy said, go on, get me up out of here. Jimmy Butler said, go on, get me up out of here. I ain't got time to be sitting around here playing with a bunch of soft Negroes. So, Jimmy Butler got traded to the 70, 76ers the other day. Uh, they traded Ray Sarge, Covington, and uh, I think it's second round pick for 2022, uh, something like that. Now, Jimmy Butler got what he wanted. He wanted to leave the Minnesota. Now he on a good team with Embiid, Simmons, Folks, oh, J.J. Reddick. Got a team around you now, old Jimmy. But here's my thing about Jimmy. Would Jimmy make the locker room better? Would Jimmy come in with a with an attitude into where he's not going to be overbearing? Ball dominant, one of his touches. It's a lot. It's a lot of layers to Jimmy Butler, man. If people don't look at it. It's a lot of layers to Jimmy Butler. I mean, I understand what Jimmy Butler was saying in this interview uh, about a month ago, uh, right after practice. Everything was just premeditated with this guy. He had all that planned out. 
everything. He knew Carl Anthony Towns was going to get a max. And he started up the rhetoric. Because he feel like, man, I'm that max player on this team. These young guys really don't want to win. They don't put in the work I put in. And when we out there on the court balling, they don't go as hard as I do. So how y'all going to try to pay this dude that type of money when I've been on this franchise giving my blood, sweat, and tears? And that's what Jimmy Butler was thinking. And I agree with Jimmy Butler about Carl Anthony Towns because when I look at Carl Anthony Towns and how dominant of a big man he could be, you know, sometimes he fold under pressure. And another thing that's blowing me with these big mans and these these, these centers, and I understand the game has transitioned to the three-point game, but I don't need y'all out there, man, shooting up no three-pointers all the time. That's that's for another discussion. If you're seven-foot-something other than Kevin Durant, man, you don't need to have your ass out there at the three-point line. You need to have your big ass down low, back to the ball, back to the basket, making a big man move. Stop shooting them damn threes, man, when you got... But anyway, back to Jimmy Butler. I'm sorry, folks, but that right there be getting on my last nerves, okay? Because I be looking at the talent that I had, and I be like, damn, I wish I was 6'7". I feel like I would have been in the league, okay? But I'm not one of these ex-athletes that's uh, upset at the fact that he didn't make it to the pros. I'm just give you my perspective on how I feel about a how a big man should play nowadays but I get it the game has transitioned to the three-point ball but anyway back to Jimmy Butler so Jimmy Butler got what he want you back out east the east is not even that deep you know you got several teams Boston they struggling Toronto looks like the team to beat Sixers up and down and then you got everybody else then you got everybody else. Everybody else is just everybody else. But it's something to Jimmy Butler that they have to be careful about. First of all, you got rid of your three-point shooting. You only have one three-point sniper on your team, and that's J.J. Reddick. Jimmy Butler do not shoot the three at a high note. Joel Embiid don't shoot the three ball at a high note. And we ain't going to talk about Ben Simmons. That mark ain't. Dunbar can't shoot nothing past five feet, ten feet. Okay, anything out of that, he ain't he ain't hitting the rim. So now you done gave up a part of your team where y'all was most y'all was good at last year. You already got rid of Bellinelli. Okay, that was three point shooting, three point depth. Now you got rid of Sarge, which was a, a, a good player, a versatile player, but good at the three. And you got rid of Covington, another three-point person that's good at the three. So what did you give? And, and you gave all this up for a guy who's who dominates the ball, man. I don't watch Jimmy Butler on film, people. Just watch Jimmy Butler. Just I'm telling y'all, just watch him. He stops. He stops the flow of your offense because Jimmy, Jimmy gets the ball. He has to decide what he's gonna do. Either he's gonna pull up, either he's gonna drive, is he gonna shoot? 
You don't know what Jimmy gonna do when he get that ball. Well, what he is gonna do, he's gonna hold it for a good five seconds. They did change the time, the, the shot clock in the NBA this year. So you if you get into a key possession where Jimmy got the ball and y'all not able to get into your offense, because he doesn't he doesn't rank high in, in assist numbers either. He's not a volume assist person either. So I'm trying to I'm, I'm uh, I hope I understand that it had to get done. I understand the 76ers part felt like, hey man, we need to do something else. And I know the Minnesota was like, man, we gotta get him up out of here because it's it's being detrimental to our young players such as Wiggins and, and Car Anthony Towns. And I get that. But be careful with Jimmy Butler, y'all. He can either, I don't see him, I don't see Jimmy Butler making the Sixers probably defensively, making them that better. But I don't see the overall, the, the, the overall, I don't see that. And that's the thing that's going to worry me about the 76ers. Now I'd like to segue to a team that was in the Eastern Conference Finals last year. And, um... Um, it's a little bit of, I want to say, strangeness going on with the Celtics, but it's, it's something strange going on with the Celtics. Um, and he got, that team over there is loaded with talent. You got teams, you got teams, um, you got, you got, uh, practically two, two starting fives on this team. Okay, with the Kyrie Howard coming back this year, uh, Hayward coming back this year, excuse me. And they trying to find a mix because when Hayward and 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 when Hayward and, and, and um, Kyrie Irving went down last year, the young guys found their niche, not only, not only with they found a niche not only with with uh, winning and learning how to win, but I mean they was playing they was playing free ball. It's like, hey man, we a bunch of young guys out here, man. Let's just go out there and play. Now this year, with the expectations being so high, you know, like people just put Boston in the finals because of their talent. But now you got Terry Rozier, and I'm telling what they're gonna do with Terry Rozier. He's in a position where, you know what I'm saying, he can leave somewhere and get a, a get a decent contract. Also, um, you know, they just signed uh uh they just signed um uh, smart to a contract. Kyrie talking about he's gonna resign again next year. So it's like we 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 don't we don't know uh how's it gonna really play out in Boston. Now, I will say they they are uh like I say they are the favorites to come out the east right now. It's either between them and Toronto. But let's see how this play out with all these with all this cause it's like when you have too much talent on one team, somewhere, 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 somebody's gonna bump heads. Somewhere. But I know Brad Stevens the mastermind coach that he is and how he deals with this young team, I believe he's the right coach to make it happen. 
But right now they seven and six, and um, I, I think they still trying to find a balance and identity with each other on a, on the courts. Meanwhile, LeBron over with the Lakers. Um, the Lakers had a fair share of um, battles. Uh, they've been about every game this season. I think they had one game where they got blown out, but about every game, the Lakers been about every game this season. And a couple of them games, they was possession or two away from winning those games. So the Lakers could possibly have a decent record right now. Um, Rondo in, ended up getting suspended. They they incorporated Lonzo. Lonzo played uh, very well in uh, Rondo's absence. Uh, and I think Luke should have stayed with that. I understand the, 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 I understand the fact that LeBron likes to play with vets. LeBron was the one that got Tyson Chandler over to the Lakers. Because even though LeBron like, hey man, patience, I'm preaching patience, I'm being patient, uh, patience. A guy like LeBron, man, he, you know, he with the process, but at the same time, he with a winning process. LeBron is the type of person who want to know, hey, look, are you going to put me in and the team, talking about the front office, are you going to put the team in the proper place to win? And when I found out that LeBron was behind the, the buyout of Tyson Chandler to get him over there to help them out with their defense, because they was very bad on defense. They was very bad on defense, so they needed that big body, even though they had JaVale McGee, but, but JaVale McGee is not that tough, defensive-minded player. He's more of a, I'm going to set the pick, slash to the basket, catch an alley-oop, probably come from the blind side, get a little block or something, but you're going to get that shock in the food, JaVale McGee, here and there. He's been better the last few years. I guess Golden State done taught him a thing or three, but... I'm telling you right now, uh, if the Lakers, if if Luke Walton could get his lineup, which I think he's figuring out right now, who meshes well with LeBron, who doesn't, who's going to be his starting five, and who's going to be his starting five closers. And the last few games, they've been having Tyson Chandler on, out there on the, at the end of the games because of his defense. Now, I just hope with this experiment, it doesn't limit it. Like I said, the growth of the young guys, Josh uh, Hart, uh, Ball, Kuzma, you know, Ingram. They got a nice young core, and that nice young core is decent young core, you know. They they had a tough one yesterday playing against Atlanta, who's a 3-10 and team. A three and ten team. Um... It, you know, it, it just—I feel like the Lakers, if they can, if they can tighten up on their defense, Luke Walton, shore up his rotations. Who's gonna be his starting five and who's gonna be his closers? I think the Lakers can make the Lakers could possibly make a run, you know, for the seven, eighth spot. Uh, because it's gonna be a battle out west with all these teams, man. Portland playing at a high level. Uh, 
You know, we already know about Golden State. You have your teams dipping. Now I get to them, but with the Lakers, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not afraid of. I'm not. I'm not so much worried about the Lakers, man, because you got that boy LeBron James over there. But Luke Walton, man, got to be careful, man. He got to make sure he put them in winning, winning situations. Or Luke Walton, every coach that LeBron done came across, man, they got fired. And Magic Johnson didn't cho- choose you, Luke Walton, so I advise you to play, to play, play them cards right. Show up your rotations. Make sure you get everything in line because you will get fired. Now let me segue over to a team that was in the Western Conference Finals last year. What the hell happened to the Houston Rockets? Can anybody tell me what the hell happened to you? Oh, I know what happened to the Houston Rockets. They lost their, they lost their mojo on defense. And they can't hit shots. That's what happened with the Houston Rockets. Mellow, 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 mellow. Oh man, coming out of college, man, out of Syracuse, Mellow was a top, top player in the, You could basically say Mellow besides LeBron James, man. Mellow was the next best thing coming out of college. And we seen what he did in Syracuse, man. Championship. You know? He won that for them. And so when the league seen that, they're like, hey, man, Melo going to be a winner. First few years in the league with Denver. Got to the playoffs a few times. Just couldn't get past them Lake boys. Moved over to the Knicks. Knicks had a decent squad with Amari. Uh, man, it was uh, Tyson Chandler. Melo, uh, like uh, J.R. Smith, like they had a, they had a decent squad over there with the Knicks. Got to the playoffs, and then his years is just going by. Years is going by. Years is just going by. You seeing LeBron winning championships. You seeing D. Wade win championships. And the reason why I bring up them names is because they was all in the same draft class. So you just seeing all these guys that came in the same draft class as you, succeeding, winning, MVPs, and everything. But it's like mellow, 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 mellow. Where are you, young mellow? The Houston Rockets made a couple of moves to acquire Carmelo. And what the hell is wrong, Carmelo game? Now, is it the fact that he's coming off the bench now? And he's like, man, look, I can't get with this bench play shit. Because this man can't hit a shot. And this was what, like one of the most prolific scores in our game at one point in time. I'm talking about pull-up jumpers, pull-up threes, shimmy, going to the hole, whatever. Melo was one of them. <laughs> Melo was a scorer. And now this mom cannot put the ball in the basket, man. And not only is it weighing down on the Rockets, you can see as a whole, it is weighing down on the Rockets. Defensively, they miss Trevor Reza. Now, Trevor Reza might not be that value player that Melo was, but Trevor Reza played both sides of the court, 
And he was able to knock down a three-point ball when it was meant for him to knock down a three-point ball. They don't have that this year. Chris Paul is a year older, and he looks it. They still trying to do the one-on-one hero ball stuff between him and James Harden in a league where everybody's moving, slashing, you know, ball movement, player movement. And with the rule changes, you would think that this will favor the Rockets, but it doesn't. Where's Capella? Another guy who got paid. Is it the mellow effect? I just, it just to me, it, it looks bad when you ring chasing like that, and then it doesn't, it doesn't play out the way it's supposed to play out. It looks bad. It looks bad on the organization because now you just did all this movement and getting rid of key players that battle with Golden State in the Western Conference. They're not even going to get back to the Western Conference final. I guarantee anybody who want to challenge me on that one, Houston Rockets would not be there. Denver done got better. Utah much better. Portland. New Orleans. So, I, I mean, I'm just saying now, you know, we crown teams too too soon. Oh, well, we already know who's going to get to the... No, we don't know. That's why we play the game. Y'all got to... We got to stop doing that. I seen this. I seen this from far away. Y'all sign a mellow? I like Carmelo. I'm telling you, I was a, a man when he was in Syracuse. You know what I mean? And all the hype around these guys... D-Wade and all them, he came in the same draft as these guys. D-Wade, LeBron James, Carmelo Anthony. And there's only two of them right now that I can remember that's in that draft that got rings and MVPs. And Melo's not one of them. Melo's not one of them. Melo been about his money too much to the point where it's like, now, oh, okay, now I'm sorry I want to win, but it's too late. You're not that type of player no more. I get that you wanted your money, bruh, but you should never you should have never signed that tenure out there in New York. Cause what people fail to realize, when you put so much cap into one player, now you can't build in other other spots of the team. So I just gotta say, the Houston Rockets will not be there. I'm just going to leave it right there, folks. And that's my NBA talk. Just want to elaborate on a few things that have been going on in the NBA. And this is your man, Whitey's, on Whitey's World, What He Say Podcast, live on Anchor. I'm going to go pay some bills right back. My final thoughts. My final thoughts. I'd like to give a shout out to my Chicago Bears. I'm sorry, folks. I'm going to have to go back to the NFL for a minute. I have to uh, talk about my uh, my hometown team, uh, Chicago Bears. 
Um, a lot of people not talking about the Bears, and, and I understand why, because you don't never know. You don't know. We still is clueless on Trubisky. But let me tell you something about my Chicago Bears, and I've been watching the Bears since a, a young cub myself. Um, I never seen this team score at the rate that they're scoring now. They look like they could possibly score with anybody in the league right now. We're transitioning not only to the best defense in the game, but one of the best offenses in the game too now. And with that mixture that we got going on with the defense and the offense, we can get into any type of any type of game with any type of it could be a dog fight we got the defense for that it could be a shootout we got the offense for that what I'm most worried and concerned about two things I'm most worried and concerned about is the kicker we gotta find us a field goal kicker because that say 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 in the next few weeks we got divisional opponent games right and say it comes down to Trubisky get us in field goal range. It's a 50-something yarder. Parky, we need you to hit that damn. We need you to hit that. We need that field goal. Are we going to rely on Parky? Just imagine if our offense was ignemic like it was before. We get we Some of these games we'll lose because of our kicker. He can't hit field goals. Just yesterday, he missed three of them all the same way. Hitting the upright. That's one thing that concerns me when it comes to either locking up a playoff spot, winning the division, whatever the case may be, playoff game, the kicking. Another thing is the running game. We have to get the running game going. The weather is about to change. We don't want Trubisky out here just chopping up the ball everywhere they go. You know, the weather is going to change down there in Soldier Field. It's going to get cold. Wind going to start blowing. We got to start pounding this ball with Jordan Howard. We got to get Jordan Howard going. But that's my only two main concerns about my Bears. But I am so happy. I'm ecstatic. I'm excited. I feel as though right now we could win the division. We just take care of our own destiny. Winning our division. Beat the teams we're supposed to beat. We right there in the mix. We're ahead of schedule, folks. We're ahead of schedule. And I see right now, I see right now, in a year or so, the Bears is going to be a team to be reckoned with. You're going to have players, star players, going to want to come to play for the Chicago Bears. Like your man uh, Gruden say with a one and eight record, I got people calling my phone right now who want to come play for the Raiders. Wine and shit. <laughs> Ridiculous. I don't even want to go back to talking about John Gruden, but since I brought him up, I got to. Terrible, man. Terrible. Terrible. Once again, they take another loss. They lost to the Chargers, twenty to six. Just one in eighteen, worst record in NFL. 
People would think the Cleveland Browns with a rookie quarterback would have the worst record in, in, in the NFL, but it's the other way around. It's the Raiders. I don't know if he's trying to tank to get first-round picks, but who's to say that you are even a talent evaluator like that? You can't be a, a, a high-scout talent evaluator like that because you let all your talent go from the team that you got now. So I don't, I don't, I don't know. But Mr. Gruden, man, sorry you have to become final, part of my uh, final thoughts. But uh, <laughs> funny as hell was going on out there in Oakland. It's funny how things changes. Just uh, a couple years ago, the Bears was a laughing stock. Now we first place in our division. Take care of your destiny, Bears. Deuces.